When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack. Marijuana, weed, cannabis, you know, the twin twin or whatever street name you prefer to use. The drug has been used by more than half of the adults in this country. And though it is still illegal under federal law, more states are legalizing it while other states have decriminalized it to an extent. And recently, President Joe Biden pardoned thousands who were federally convicted of marijuana use. So why is marijuana still illegal in some states? Let's get down to business. The business of being Black today is marijuana. Please welcome the director of the Atlanta Mayor's Office of Film, Entertainment, and Nightlife, Falana Williams. Hi, Falana. Hi, Tammy. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Project 21 member and political strategist, Tim Parrish. Hi, Tim. Hey, Tammy. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. Thank you. And Billboard chart-topping hip-hop artist and political activist, Topher, is with us as well. Hi, Topher. Hey, how you doing, Tammy? Thank you for having me. Wonderful. Thank you for being here. Now, let's ask all the Black people in the world why we should care about this particular topic. Why should Black people care whether marijuana is illegal or legal. Topher, kick things off for us. I don't think anyone should care per se. I will say this. Uh, right now, I believe that the federal government should be out of that completely. You know, the DA was started back in 1973, and I've always disagreed with how they handled the situation um, with the mandatory citizen and everything else that's going on. Uh, if it's up to me, I would say kick it back to the states uh, as we see states are taking control of that anyway. But there is income to be had there and businesses to be produced. But Topher, um, why should Black people care about that? Oh, because we are targeted. Uh, well, I won't say targeted, but there is a disparity um, when it comes to Black people using uh, marijuana and, and being convicted for it. It's a, a petty, nonviolent crime that we get long, lengthy sentences for that go on to you know tarnish our records. And it keeps us from voting, which is what we need to do, especially coming up with the midterm election. And it keeps us from um, owning firearms, which we need to protect our families, our beautiful Black kids, and all these things that we need as Black people to be productive citizens. Um, it, it, it gets in the way of that. And I just hope that people understand that and um, we can get to the business of being Black. All right, now, Falana, why should Black people care whether marijuana is legal or not? For decades, uh, the incarceration rates of Black men in particular have disproportionately affected Black families. Uh, so we should care a lot. Um, legalizing marijuana um, should actually make it retroactive to release um, as Biden has been doing, a lot of the Black men that have been put in jail, um, some for 20 years, um, for the possession and selling of marijuana. So um, we should care a lot about it, um, not only for those reasons and releasing people that are in jail for um, doing something that now is being legalized. It also should be for the business purposes of it as well. We should care about how uh, this business is growing in the United States and how we are taking part of this business. Yeah, yeah. Tim, why should Black people care about this business of marijuana? I mean, I have to, I have to agree with the other panelists that this is something that impacts uh, the Black community, I would think, more than other communities. It's in the culture, look at our music and, and different things and movies and things that impact us. But I, I got to agree with, with Topher, this is a state issue, I believe personally. But uh, but we've got to be involved in this because it does have a, a tremendous amount of impact on our community in particular. Got it. So let's talk about it. Let's just go ahead and ask the question that I want you all to answer. Should marijuana be legalized? Falana? 
Yes. Um, and I think the real question is, why was it illegalized in the first place? So we go back and we look at the effects and what marijuana is, which is a plant-based um, a plant-based um, sedative is what herb, I would call it. A plant, herb. A plant there we go. Herb. <laughs> a yeah. plant-based yeah. herb. Uh, the fact that it, you know, and it's something that's been around long before it came to America for centuries. So um, if we look back at why it was illegalized in the first place, it was a lot of falsehoods and a lot of propaganda. So um, it should be legal. It's, you know, there's a lot of medical benefits um, to it. Um, even, I mean, in this country, there was um, alcohol once was illegal. Now it's legal. Um, and so marijuana, which is a lot less harmful to people than alcohol um, should be legalized as well. Um, and, you know, many benefits, the research has shown there are a lot of benefits to it, even for recreational purposes. The effects of the drug for the most part, or the effects of the herb for the most part, aren't um, harmful to, to people. Yeah, Tim, so should the federal government legalize recreational marijuana in all 50 states? I mean, it's like, making parsley illegal. Come on. No, and I think that that's not a fair uh, comparison. You know, the poppy seed, which gives us heroin, is also grown in the earth as well. So do we just say that because it's grown, it's it's it vegetation, it's through farming that we should legalize it? Absolutely not. I, I don't but, think but, but I do cook with poppy seeds. I, well, I'm sure you do, but I'm sure you're not cooking with heroin. So uh, it, there is a, a, a absolute difference when we when we draw these these contrasts when we draw these these parallels between just because something's grown in the ground. I don't think it should be legal. Uh, well, but in doesn't, any state. when you talk about heroin, doesn't it have to be chemicalized? Like it has to be taken. Like you use the poppy seed to then go and and create mix it with chemicals. You don't have to do that with marijuana. Well, unfortunately, in the black market, that's exactly what we see happening. Marijuana is being uh, infused with all sorts of types of things. We have a, a endemic in this nation, a pandemic in this nation, uh, with all sorts of types of drugs with marijuana lays the foundation for. So to answer your question, no, I don't think it should be federally legal, one, because of all the negative side effects that I'm sure we'll talk about during the show, but two, because I don't think the federal government in this case should implement a law of the land that's going to impact all 50 states. It's just more of a, of a state issue that each state gets to decide what their community's impact is going to be and make that decision at the state level. Okay. So Same. I agree with um, Tim on that notion that we just need to kick it back to the states because uh, what is culturally appropriate and people that can handle things in certain areas in Mississippi might not be the same in, in Maine, you know, so we got to take that into consideration before we just I don't know what that means, Topher. What does that mean? Uh, people can handle things in Mississippi that they couldn't in Maine. What does that mean? Uh, same thing, we look at different communities, right? That's why Asian communities commit less crime and certain stuff, because sometimes we hold different values that the other community doesn't, you know, and we have to take that into consideration. That's not based on race or anything else, it's just culturally, um, you know, so that's why I'm saying we have to consider um, the state's decisions when they make those. But what, I guess I'm asking specifically, what would be the difference in Maine versus Mississippi if we were to legalize marijuana in both in both those states? Oh, I couldn't tell you what the difference would be. I just gave an example. We can pick any random state, um, but I, I'm pretty sure it depends on anything culturally. You know, we see things, uh, especially in like California compared to uh, Mississippi, uh, depending on the education, uh, what what's going on, the habits, all those things are, are to take into consideration. And I just think that on a grand scale, the federal government has done a poor job, as we have seen for decades, of handling things that should be in the power of the states. Yeah. Okay. Um, Tim, you talked about heroin, so let's go there. Should marijuana be in the same legal category as heroin and LSD? Like marijuana is a Schedule One, meaning it has a high potential for abuse and little to no medical benefit. Uh, but what are some of the ramifications of federally legalizing cannabis? That's a very good question, and I do think that that there should we should go back and reevaluate the law and how we schedule marijuana in comparison to some of the other dangerous drugs. Notice I didn't say more dangerous, just other dangerous drugs. Uh, there is some implications with marijuana federally, and and I talk about these things both as a former law enforcement officer and a decade uh, military member, decade long military member. Uh, one of the things is an industry 
and national security and industry, you still can't have people who use marijuana, whether it's been legalized or decriminalized, as we often hear. Uh, people can't go work in industry with heavy machinery. And as a nation starts to, to drive away from going to college and more toward taking technical jobs where you're using your hands and machinery and your building, you can't do those jobs uh, if, if THC is in your system. Same thing with the military. This year, the military did not meet for the first time in a long time its recruiting goals, which means we don't have a society that's ready and capable to go defend the nation. One of those reasons cited was because too many people are using marijuana and it's an automatic disqualifier to join the military. So there's a ton of reasons, two of those I just highlighted being working in industry, and, and national security aspect of going into the military. And besides the point, as a business leader in a C-suite, I don't want a someone who's using marijuana next to me making decisions about budgets and employees and, and those types of things in a company that I'm looking to actually generate uh, a good amount of income and provide a service. You act as if they just going to be smoking weed out the yin-yang. I mean, we have people who drink alcohol and they don't, you know, go to work making bad decisions about budgets based on their alcohol consumption, unless obviously there is a medical issue with that and they're addicted. Right. I, I agree with you there. And again, I don't know that that's a, a fair comparison. Right. But I do think that uh, I, equally is marijuana. I don't want someone who is potentially an alcoholic in the C-suite next to me, just like you can't uh, work in the military uh, in, in a forward deployed environment or training back home. You can't be under the influence of, of alcohol or marijuana, for that matter. Uh, and 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 do any of those jobs either. So it's a right. it's a I'm moderation. Thing, in but, this. Falana, take it sure. away. Well, Tammy, I, I would agree with your comment, and I would add to that that, you know, people have to be responsible. Alcohol is legal in the United States, so marijuana can be legal as well. People have to be responsible. You wouldn't want someone operating machinery that was drunk, but if you're employed by a company where that's part of your requirement, you wouldn't drink alcohol and go and operate heavy machinery. The same if you work in a C-suite company, you wouldn't drink alcohol and then go into a business meeting or make decisions for that company um, based on that. So I think, you know, it's, it's it really is apples to apples when you think about the sense that could one alter your thinking? Yes, but they both could alter your thinking. The difference is one is legal and the other one is not. So I think Let's that- Let's take a quick commercial break and we'll come right back. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. And the business of being black today is marijuana. Should it be federally legalized? Falana, you were talking as we went to break. I want to ask you a question. Recent research has found that legal access to marijuana may be a potential tool for addressing the opiate uh, the opioid crisis. How do you feel about that? If marijuana is a legal alternative for pain management, would opioids become less likely to be recommended? Um, on that one, Tammy, I would say we have to follow the science. And I think that we should look to the medical industry to give us those that research information. And um, But I, in some cases, it, it may be. I mean, I have definitely read um, up on the, the medicinal uh, benefits of, of marijuana. And, um, you know, I do believe that legal legalizing it and especially for medicinal purposes could be another alternative for people um, in terms of fighting certain um, conditions. Topher, how do you feel about that? Uh, I believe anything can be abused, you know, <clears throat> especially some of the stuff that we hear will come with opioid crisis is because it's the pain management. So unless you get the person's uh, uh, habits under control, they're going to abuse and go further and further uh, to harder drugs. You know, uh, for some people started with Tylenol then Tylenol wasn't enough and they continue down that path to getting stronger and stronger uh, medicine. Yeah. So I, I believe, sure, it can be an alternative, but eventually if we don't um, properly educate people and people don't have the right resolve, then it doesn't really matter what else we provide them with. From Tylenol to propofol, it can go uh, real quick from zero to 100, huh? Uh, recently, President Biden pardoned thousands of people convicted for federal charges of simple possession, and he urged governors to do the same for state convictions. 6,500 people were convicted of simple possession between 92 and 21. The pardons will also affect people who were convicted under District of Columbia drug laws. Officials estimated that number to be in the thousands. And pardon was to remove barriers in employment, 
housing and educational opportunities. And then the pardons will not apply to people convicted of selling or distributing marijuana. Is this a ploy to get voters, specifically young voters, to the polls? Or is President Biden taking steps to fulfill his promise to seek cannabis decriminalization? How do you feel about that one, Topher? We, we all know it's a ploy to get more votes. Um, oh, I didn't know you was going to really? We, we, we really? Know, look, look. We, we know this. It's it's right before midterm elections. He could have did this first day in office. He didn't. He did it right before we got time for people to vote. Um, we've seen this happen before when they, um, especially in certain areas where they, I forgot where it was in Georgia, I believe. We've seen this they, movie before? Uh, we've seen it time and time again. I, I just don't want us to fall into the trap of Biden, Biden cares about us. He doesn't really care about us. He cares about our numbers and our polls. And according, you know, that's why we have uh, videos of, of people talking bad and you got Stacey Abram out campaigning to get men to vote in Georgia is because black men understand this and we're not being fooled by the play. And so now they're trying to do their best to reel us in with this. This is just so they can vote for Biden. Um, but we got to remember that it was Democrats that put these laws into in, in, in play in the first place. So if, if, if we're going to blame somebody, we need to blame Biden and his administration and we need to look toward other people and work with other people versus what we're trying to see now. I just know it's a ploy and I'm hoping more people uh, be appreciative because if you were locked up for this, I'm sure that you're thankful. I like absolutely. But don't think that it was because uh, he cares about black people. Okay. You sound okay. All right. Biden does not care about black people. Is that where and we're going? Ta and Tammy, can I <laughs> add yes. something to that? Yes. So, Tammy, I think this is full circle, uh, and, and Topher said Democrats. I want to make it even more uh, specific. It was Biden championed the crime bill in the 90s that actually locked people up. It was his vice president who's been the most effective attorney general to lock up Black people for marijuana crimes in California. So this is full circle, as well as the nation did not respond this positively when the previous administration did the same thing with the First Step Act and actually released several people, pardoned several people. We said that it was uh, just a, a ploy to get black voters to court black voters when the previous administration did it. And now it's this like positive thing. So I think that we've got to really look at the, the real intentions here. And as Topher mentioned, that this is right before the midterms, right as we're trying to get black people activated to go vote. Uh, it's a total political ploy. Uh, it's a smart one, but it's a total pl political ploy and we've got a, a call like we see it on that so we can't be making a wrong into a right we can't have changed our minds about how we voted and, and what bills we constructed uh seeing that it possibly was just not the right thing to do and so we're gonna sure make we can we just have to do it fairly i don't think we changed our minds as a nation in just two short years remember this administration's not been in office for a, a full two years yet. So if we changed our mind, 317 million people across the nation that quick, I would be very impressed. I don't think that's the case. I think it's a political ploy right before the midterm. The timeliness uh, is very suspect. I always hear about these political ploys. Falana, um, here's my question. It, could a political ploy be a good thing for the people? It, it may be, you know, an in, intended for something else, but is it still not good? for those people who are jailed for marijuana usage or distribution? And I think you took the words right out of my mouth. I would say that anytime that we are letting Black men out of jail uh, for the reason that 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 reason that they are in jail, that is a good thing. Um, I, for one, don't think that is a ploy. And I will say this. The biggest drug in America is racism. And we can sit here and say that we should let the states lead in making this decision on whether or not marijuana should be legalized, whether or not we should let um, people out of jail who are in jail for possession, again, sometimes for less than an ounce. But this is America. And, it's, and the more that we try to suppress our history and how this country was built, uh, and the more that we try to suppress uh, marijuana why it's illegalized in the first place, the more harm we're doing to many people, especially people of color. 50% of the people locked up in jail right now are people of color. And we all know that a large percentage of the people that are in jail for marijuana use and marijuana possession are people of color. So anyone who is releasing people, especially people of color from jail right now for, for a crime such as possession, uh, 
I'm going to applaud it and I'm not going to write it off as a ploy. I'm going to say that that is doing the right thing by black people and people of color. Topher, she has a point here. Even though African-Americans use marijuana at similar rates to their white counterparts, they are almost four times more likely to be arrested for marijuana possession. So how is President Joe Biden's pardon reversing decades of discriminatory drug enforcement policies that have historically targeted our black and brown communities? The study that you're citing, did you know that it was a self-reporting was the method of method uh, methodology behind the, the study. So they asked certain people when they reported the drug use. Comes to find out that according to the Journal of Urban Health, black people tend to lie about their drug use a lot more than white people, right? So you're going to see that disparity in we use drugs at the same rate. And what I'm trying to say is, <clears throat> what you you're can really to say the black people lying when they say oh oh, oh oh we lie we lie hard. We lie hard. I lie. I, we we joking lie all the time. I like fine. I heard. I lie. No, no. <laughs> you say I lie. You slip there. You slip there on the toilet. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm saying because I don't want you to think I'm not black. I just want okay. to put it out there. You know, they, I, like to say I think conservatives. It's crystal clear. You know, conservatives aren't black. You know, so I just want to put that out there. Yeah, I was guilty okay. of it too, but I changed my I changed my life, and we all can do the same. So That's what I'm saying is. Uh, we look at it. If you really want to talk about it, let's look at the Department of Health and Human Services. Uh, let's look at the people that go to the ER for illegal drug uses. And we look at it. Black people are four times to five times more likely to end up in the ER because of illegal drug use. And I feel like that's something that cannot be lied about. And that gives us a more clear picture of actual drug usage versus the study that you're citing. So if we're going to talk about drug. Yeah, use, but you're talking to... about uh, you're talking about drug overdoses. That doesn't equate to drug usage. Tammy, oh, I can actually comment on that. When I was a street cop, uh, I locked up more people for driving under the influence or driving impaired of marijuana than I did alcohol. And the city I was working in decriminalized marijuana. They did not tell people that it was illegal, that you were considered impaired to drive. Now, you would think it's intuitive, but it's not. Our entire lives, we've heard, don't drink and drive. And I got to someone's window, and they would say, officer, I hadn't been drinking. I was smoking. They would give me that information, which, which was, was incriminating. Our cities, our localities didn't do a good job of telling people that when we decriminalize marijuana, that it was the same thing as alcohol when you're driving a vehicle as far as impairment. That's the real racial injustice in that Black cities across the country that actually decriminalized, decriminalized marijuana didn't inform the public that they'd be held to the same standard of impairment when operating a vehicle. I saw that every day as a police officer. I'm going to take a quick smoke break. We'll be right back on Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack. And the business of being black today is marijuana. Should it be legalized federally? So will Republican governors follow suit and pardon uh, those convicted of nonviolent marijuana offenders, you believe? Uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott shut down Biden's request to pardon those with simple marijuana possession. Why do you think he did that, Topher? Because it makes... You cannot just blanket... Uh, excuse everybody just because one person was called with marijuana and other person wasn't, you know, and I believe that recidivism is a thing, you know, yes, they may have been got caught with marijuana, but they may go do other things and you never know how someone's mentality has changed in prison. And I'm pretty sure we all agree that our prison system is not the best when it comes to rehabilitation. So these people are in there picking up other things and learning other stuff. And then when you get out into the public and you've been removed from um, society for the last 10 five, 10 years, and, uh, you know, family to moved on, friends to moved on, and then you try to get a job, even though, you know, that citizen has been pardoned, it's going to be real tough. So I think it should be case-by-case -case basis. People should go in, get the attorney general, everyone look at everything, and allow people to submit an application to be pardoned, and we can go based on that. But I think that's hmm. a smart way to go. Talana? Um, funny to me that, you know... <laughs> A Republican not wanting wanting to pardon someone for um, marijuana possession or use um, isn't a ploy or you know holding the party line. However, a sitting president pardoning people for the same reasons is a ploy. Um, I think we have to call it what it is. I think that um, it's it's towing the party line. Um, and you know, honestly speaking to the ramifications of what that would mean for the big business of prison systems in our country. Yeah. 
Tim, what do you have to say about that? Tammy, I think that, uh, you know, we're, we're talking around this whole thing. Remember that it was the previous administration, a Republican president, who in fact released and pardoned Alice Marie Johnson was her name, a black woman, a black grandmother from, from jail. We saw her on national TV giving God the glory because she'd been released from jail and pardoned by a Republican president. And the idea of a ploy didn't come from the Republican Party. When, when that happened in the previous administration, it was the other other side who said it was a ploy to, to reach out to the black community, that it wasn't real and it wasn't genuine. So we're just following a standard that was created by the other side when the previous administration, a Republican, released Alice Marie Johnson and others with the First Step Act. So I don't know. I'm actually shocked that, that the governor of Texas isn't, isn't going to pardon these people or at least evaluate it. Remember, it's election season. And so to take one of some of these big strides, it, like the Biden administration is doing, could be dangerous. But I, but I do think that it's curious uh, and not fair that when we had this conversation in the previous administration, we called it these things. And now when it's our turn to, to recognize it as such, it's it's racist, it's bad, uh, it's not productive. It's just an interesting fact that, I, that, that we have to take note of as a country. And not to cut you off, but as I said, and I will restate, anyone releasing people of color, color from prison and jail for possession or use of marijuana, I will always say is a good thing. Right. You spoke about Donald Trump, Tim. Uh, he was, when the year he was elected president, more Americans were arrested for marijuana possession than for all violent crimes combined. So how do we reconcile that with him releasing uh, the woman? Well, I think that the previous administration did a great job of undoing things like the crime bill that we saw come from a Senator Biden at the time, uh, a large, a, a significant champion of the crime bill, where we actually went into black neighborhoods at the behest of Joe Biden and others uh, to, to lock up black people for this. And again, we saw the standard, we saw the banner be carried by the attorney general at the time of California, Kamala Harris, who locked up more black men for marijuana than any other attorney general in the history of the state of California. And so I do think that there was a lot of work that the previous administration had to do to undo those types of things. The crime bill that is locking up black men today is is the irony is is perplexing that the president of the United States today that is working on that is the same person who authored the crime bill that locked those people up. I do find that interesting, uh, Vice President Kamala Harris. Uh, Nebraska, Nebraska Governor Pete Ricketts, a critic of marijuana legalization in this country, released this joint statement with Nebraska Attorney General Doug Peterson. It says, the legalization of marijuana in other states has demonstrated an increase in drug cartel activity, increased driver impairment, and with far higher THC levels, greater risk for permanent mental health impairment, especially for adolescents. This is exactly the wrong direction for our country, he says. What are your thoughts on that statement, Falana? Um, I'm listening to it. It sounds, I mean, I would have to see that research. I think that, the again, the positive effects of marijuana use um, far outweigh that. I think that, you know, for the most part, you know, people do have to be responsible uh, when they are taking um, marijuana for recreational um, reasons. And I, I would, again, I, I, I haven't heard that. And so I don't know how true that is or how much that outweighs, you know, the general consumption of, of the herb as a whole. Um, yeah, that's, that's uh, definitely an interesting fact there. But Topher, I want to ask, there's good and bad to everything. So when we talk about marijuana per se versus alcohol, certainly uh, there's really no reason to legalize alcohol. At least there is a medicinal reason to legalize marijuana, right? Absolutely. And we should legalize the good. So why are we trying to legalize the bad? Recreational would be the bad. So why can't we just make it medically legal across the board and then we could just end this conversation? But that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to go even further. And that's where you're going to see the divide is when we're trying to make it recreational, because now at, at we've seen it time and time again, it's seeping into the young and younger generation. Um, whether it's alcohol, alcohol seeps into the younger generation, then you go to marijuana, marijuana is making its way into schools. And we already understand the school to pipeline, um, uh, school to prison pipeline that's going on um, just because we're, we're more likely to be caught with it and use it publicly. So these are the things we are doing uh, that I think 
uh, we're not taking into consideration the entire picture. So if we want to legalize it for the medicinal reasons, absolutely, I'm for that. Now, if we want to talk about the recreational purposes, there are consequences for this, and we need to take that in consideration, you know, because, you know, weed stays in your system for the longest. Um, if you eat, if you eat a brownie, right, versus edible versus smoking, now you're looking at something staying in your bloodstream and system for 24 hours versus maybe a few hours or a, a few minutes. It's just... Uh, and we haven't educated people on, on how to use it, when to use it. And then you got people that may be smoking before they go work the next day, which is probably not enough time to get over the high. So it's just a lot of things we have to consider. And I don't and I agree. I don't think we are in a place uh, as a society to where we've uh, had a proper education and we know how to handle everything in that regards. That's going to limit the uh, negative impact that could come for recreational uh, marijuana being um, legal across the United States. Tim? Yeah, I think everything in moderation. Look, if the federal government is going to rear its ugly head and, and butt into states' business and allow marijuana to be legal across the board, then it has to be done in moderation. You can't drink till you're 21. Um, you can only drink in certain areas unless it's in the privacy of your home. We should do the same thing with marijuana. But the other point, as a black man, I believe is we're already coming in at a little bit of a disadvantage, you know, to come into, into certain markets in the corporate America. I don't want to add any other hurdles to black boys and girls, men and women that are trying to get into the market, trying to get into a dynamic job environment and be competitive and be equal. I don't want to add another level of, of, of something that's going to get in the way of that being marijuana. It stays in your system for 60 days. And the irony that talking about the science, our brains don't stop developing until, they're 20, until we're 25. If we're adding all sorts of substances like marijuana and alcohol, you know, I'll play devil's advocate, uh, then it, it's bad. It's bad, you, you know, across the board. I want to give black boys and girls every opportunity to come into the market, to come into the job environment and to dominate and to do well and, and to keep up with their white counterparts or their other Hispanic counterparts for that matter, too. You don't see this conversation being had at white family tables, dinner tables. They're doing math and arithmetic and all these types of things. Well, but yet we're not, having this conversation. What I'm saying, Tammy, is that we're on a show as black professionals talking about decriminalizing marijuana and CNN isn't having this conversation with their white viewers because they're focused on other stuff. I want to they make have the had, path. They have certainly had that conversation. I want to make the path and so, so easy. Fox. I want to make the path so easy, Tammy, and so uh, free-flowing for black boys and girls to go in and dominate in these markets without any hindrances, which I think marijuana provides. All right. We'll take a quick break so I can provide a little break. Okay. We'll be right back on The Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. All right. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. Please welcome the director of Atlanta Mayor's Office of Film, Entertainment, and Nightlife. Falana Williams is with us today. Project 21 member and political strategist Tim Parrish is on for the ride. And Billboard charting hip-hop artist and political activist Topher is here. The Business of Being Black today is marijuana. Should it be legalized. So we talked about President Biden pardoning um, those who were in jail for marijuana usage and distribution. But should he also pardon nonviolent first-time offenders serving time in federal prison for possession of weed with intent to distribute? No, I don't think so. I'll jump right on that, Tammy. I don't, I don't think so. This is a direct impact on on the destruction of our of our neighborhoods and our communities people that were intentional about coming into communities and selling something that was illegal and and i would call poisoning our communities and our neighborhoods absolutely not okay okay what do you think about that Topher? great we should not let those people out of jail because it goes beyond um, I could imagine the families that have been separated because of people um, utilizing and, and selling it. So I, I just, I can't agree with that. Kalana? I mean, I think it's just a sad conversation that we're having, um, again, for something that is legal um, in so many states um, in the country and that people are now profiting off of, that we are now, we're still arresting uh, people, again, mainly people of color and black men for uh, distributing something that is um, legal. That is legal to <laughs> distribute, right? To distribute. So, I mean, I just, it's, it's, you know, again, I just think that, you know, this is a bigger issue than the states at, at some level um, because it, it will, it will never be fair. I don't think it will ever be um, equitable for, um, for especially people of color because of how this country 
it's just the infrastructure of the of the country. So I, I do believe that they should be be really Tammy and, I, and Tammy, I want to go back to. Even when we talk about the distribution and we talk about how it is legal to sell it in some states and there are dispensaries all over uh, California, obviously, uh, probably the main state, um, but. It's very difficult for those black men who have been jailed for it to legitimately get a business, a, a, a dispensary, a marijuana dispensary, because they make it very difficult. Uh, so I, I'm confused about how this is not um, affecting black people in every way. Tim, go ahead. Tammy, what I was going to say is we, we got to draw fair parallels here. When we talk about someone who has distributed marijuana on the street in a community that they oftentimes don't know where it came from. In law enforcement, we called it, they bought it from the big fish. Uh, they don't know where it comes from. They don't know if it's laced. They don't know if it has opioids or any of those things in it, which I've dealt with in my family. When the government is selling this stuff, which I also don't agree with, it goes through certain uh, tests. It goes through a quality control process to ensure the purity of it. At least people have that. But when you're just selling it on the street corner, uh, you don't know what you're buying, as well as there are certain constraints put on the purchase so that we make sure that adults are purchasing it, people that have the ability to make those cognitive decisions on their own. When you're selling it on the street, we don't know if these drug dealers are selling it to teenagers, to kids, to people who should not have access to this stuff. So I think we, we need to draw a, a parallel here that's fair, that says when it's sold in a in a uh, environment that's the government with regulation is totally different than the drug dealer who's in jail for just selling it to anybody who can afford it, to include kids. So and, and I'll say, go ahead, Falan. That, that comes with, I mean, and Tim and, and Topher to you too. I think that what you both are making valid points, but I think the most valid point is that comes with legalizing it everywhere. There's no way that we can give regulations on something that's not legalized everywhere. Tammy's right. If when if you're distributing marijuana in another part of the country where it's not legal, but you see it being legal legally distributed. It, it distributed in, in California, it's a really hard pill to swallow. So if 50% of Americans are using marijuana, we are fighting a losing battle. If we want to educate people to show them how to use it, when to use it, to for law enforcement to create laws and don't just legalize it, but to also let people know that it can impair you when you're driving, that all comes with legalization. We have to educate people, but we're fighting a losing battle to say that it's legal some places, illegal some places, it's education. It's education, it's how you use it, it's, you know, what not to put in marijuana when you use it. We have to start meeting people where they are. It's like to keep fighting and continue to say that people should not use something that they, one, are using at a large percentage is only going to grow. I mean, it's legalized in so many places, it's going to grow. So why don't we be smart for once in our country's history and legalize it and work with people so that they use it the right way, use it when they should use it, don't overuse it, and to get our people, to your point, Tim, in a position where they can profit off of a business that we introduced to this country. Well, yeah, and I Reagan just say no in the eighties to just legalize in the twenty twenty twos. But go go ahead, Tim. I, I agree. Unfortunately, Kalana, our system of government, right, the Tenth Amendment of the Constitution and federalism says that the states get to 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 create their own laws. Just because something's legal in Nevada and I'm doing it in Florida where it's not legal doesn't mean I can't go to jail in Florida. And so, until we get to a point where all the states across the boards are willing, look, I'll go back to prohibition. Uh, that was something that the states had to sign on to. Remember, it takes a number of states, 37, I believe, uh, to, to amend the U.S. Constitution. So if we want to get consensus around the country, there's a process by which we do that. But it's not as simple as saying that, well, I went to jail in California for doing something that is legal in North Carolina. That's just not how our system works. Uh, but I agree with you. It is about education. And I was frustrated putting handcuffs on people as a black police officer uh, because the city did a terrible job of informing people that they could not use marijuana under the, or I could not drive, I'm sorry, under the influence of marijuana. So I agree with you. It's about education and ensuring that if we're going to do something as drastic as decriminalize marijuana, that we in fact inform the public about the parameters involved with that. So do our don't drink and drive campaigns become don't drink and use marijuana and use medicines? 
Absolutely, and Tammy. And, and the National so Highway Traffic Safety. Marijuana, it's also, um, it's, it's medication. It's prescription yeah. meds also that sometimes uh, people are under the influence of while driving. Absolutely. In our campaigns, we see the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, or NHTSA, has a program, uh, Drive High, Get a DUI. There's all these types of things that they've tried to ingrain in culture. But as this has become more of a, a city and a state local type issue, um, these governments have not invested the time, the money, the energy, the personnel into uh, educating the community, they're looking at the big dollar signs they can get from the tax revenue when they are selling it, and they're not doing a good job of investing in the process by which they inform these communities about what's involved when they when they choose to take a step like uh, use recreational marijuana. Topher, you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm still trying to figure out why we, we're pressing so hard for us to, to use it. Like, why must Black people better use uh, recreational marijuana? Is we, we don't have to. I feel like we all have a choice. Uh, just like Brittany Griner had a choice before she went overseas to Russia and ignored her their laws. It's like we we gotta know as adults, as responsible citizens, that there are laws in place. And if we're gonna use anything, whether it's uh, medicine, because even when you go get medicine, they explain, do you understand how to take this medicine, when to take it? You can't take this uh, on an empty stomach. Everything else, like we we have those education moments. But if you're gonna participate in marijuana, you, and I feel like people know this. It's just that we refuse to accept it. And until we learn to just make better choices. I just don't see it happen on a wide scale. I think it's going to be a slow progress. Um, people may move to certain states just to get that uh, the ability to do so. But I'm, I'm seeing a trend of not just legalizing marijuana, but legalizing even harder drugs. And, and that's what I'm afraid is going to go going to happen to a lot of the stuff in America. And then next thing you know, we got, you know, I say crackheads on the side of the street having babies, just leaving it there. Like these are actual events that we see happening. And I don't want to see that happen to uh, a community, uh, specifically black people, when we've already been uh, disenfranchised for so many years. I don't want to see us continue to bring in the negativity. Can we do anything else besides talk about, you know, just medicinal or marijuana in general? Well, crack addiction is equivalent to opioid addiction, and they are certainly uh, measured on different scales uh, by the government alone. So it's unfair to call uh, someone from our neighborhood a crackhead if we're not going to apply that same positioning to those who have overdosed on opioids or had opioid addiction problems, I should say. Um, I never said we couldn't call them crackheads. I didn't name the gender or the race of the person that had the baby. I'm well, pretty you sure. said our baby crackheads. I, I'm. I mean, I'm I, I, not. No, no I'm I did. I said. <laughs> I'm not necessarily. I'm not necessarily uh, putting a uh, a specific ethnicity on them either. I'm saying whatever that community is, we can't. We can't. We very well can't uh, dismiss opioid and and call somebody a crackhead and their equivalent. Let's take a quick break. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. And the business of being black is marijuana. Should it be legalized? Ooh, 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 ooh. Look, some have argued that Joe Biden is reinterpreting his promise to release everyone in federal prison for marijuana to those only convicted for simple possession. So uh, what role can President Biden actually play when it comes to determining the legal status of marijuana? What could he actually do, Falana? Um, from a federal level, um, I believe that he can, again, um, make sure that, you know, it is, um, it, it is equitable, do his best to push through at a state level, um, parameters for which people can be released, uh, for marijuana possession or use. So, um, Again, it definitely should be more than just a uh, simple um, possession or simple use of marijuana. I think in many instances, um, anyone who has been um, put in jail for marijuana use or possession should be um, eligible for release. And it definitely should be something that should be reviewed um, in every state, not just those who wish to participate. So I think his push is the strongest thing that he could do is pushing for states to really reevaluate that as the use of marijuana and the sale of marijuana um, throughout the country is becoming uh, larger and larger. So you're saying that the, that there should be, you should look at what? What specifically should be looked at? Just 
the and why people were the and one why were they charged like what the the, the circumstances okay, so look, of, at each, of, look at it case each, by case I, yes yeah. i do agree with the case by case um review of each person that's in jail and also the, the amount of time that people are getting for marijuana use um and especially based on you know the amount that they um had in their possession um and how it was distributed you know so it shouldn't look like it shouldn't look like black friday before christmas it should absolutely it, we should never everybody hear running into the walmart to get tvs that's not how it should look right no okay tofer i was good good to hear Falana talk about you know agreeing with me on that it should be case by case uh, I, I will say this you know we, we can't also ignore the real effects and impact that marijuana has on us, you know, it is a depressant and, you know, it does lead to anxiety and a higher level of all this. And we've seen it rise over the, over the years as, as the use of marijuana has been portrayed, whether in hip hop or culturally more acceptable. We've also seen the increase in depression and everything else. So I, I, I think we should be careful, uh, even though Biden is doing what he's doing once again for votes, whether you agree with me or not, um, but he's doing this for votes. Uh, he's he's Topher, coming back. If he, if he is doing this for votes, Topher, doesn't this then mean that there are a significant amount of people who want this to happen? Because if nobody cared, he wouldn't be doing it for votes. So it's saying that there is a significant portion of America that wants this to happen if he's doing it for votes, right? Oh, that's not true. So, so what I'm saying is, by votes is he's not doing it for real change. Uh, for real change to happen, you got to go through Congress, and there are ways to make this happen. And people are going to say, well, the Republicans are not going to push it. Y'all, we can have this debate all day long, but there are real studies and real conversations to be had. And the reason why he's over-promising and under-delivering, because we just said he had to take back some of his promises with the marijuana marijuana pardons, is because yeah, he's, ta yeah, and he's, he's taking like it back, the student loan, so everything. So like I, I He's doing it. a lot of things like that. He's over-promised, under-delivered, and we're getting excited about the undelivered when we we know that he couldn't do a lot of these things in the first place and even with the the student loan forgiveness all this is going to be challenged at the state level as it should because now you're taking a situation that um cannot be solved on a federal level and should be solved you know solved on the, the state level Kim, so you say no i say if he's doing it for votes then there must be a significant amount of people who want this to happen otherwise it cancels out that he's doing it for votes no, I, I say that because you're giving politicians way too much credit. They're not that smart, okay? The, uh, he, this is a total miscalculation. The United States. There is a total miscalculation, and I'll tell you exactly why, Tammy. It, we're having a conversation on the national stage about marijuana legalization, and American families are paying the highest they paid for gas in the history of the country. They're That's dealing right. with 40-year high inflation. They're mm -hmm. dealing with unchecked crime across the country. So you're telling me that the priority of the president of the United States, whose constitutional obligation is to promote the general welfare, the Constitution says, the conversation that's promoting the general welfare in the face of inflation, gas prices, crime, education, is marijuana? Really? That's that's the priority that's promoting the general welfare? So that's why I disagree. This is not anything about the duties of the president of the United States, of the promoting the general welfare and actually looking out for the American people. It's about getting votes. Because so let's do a lightning round no real quick. I want to I find out how you really feel. Lightning round real quick. Here we go. Should marijuana be legalized? Yes or no? Falana. Yes, it should. And I'll say this. As, the, as marijuana is becoming mainstream in this country, it's easy for us to get about, forget about the past and what has happened to Black people and people of color. Uh, we must take a deep look at who is incarcerated because of possession and use. And we must make sure that Black people and people of, co people of color, as disproportionately as we were uh, put in prison for use and possession, we should disproportionately be the ones who are benefiting off of the business of marijuana in the country. Topher, yes or no? It should be left up to the states and the disproportionality when it comes to being arrested for marijuana is, is interesting, given the fact that we uh, disproportionately commit more of the other more uh, uh, assault crimes, violent crimes, and everything else. No one complains about that. So I think leave it to the states, see what happens, let people decide what they want, how they want to run their state and, and communities. And if it's illegal, don't do it in your state. And if it's illegal, I mean, if it's legal, go ahead.
Tim, you got 20 seconds to tell me. Yes, I, I just think it's so interesting that every time I've watched a movie, every single one of us have watched a movie, the FBI puts a seal on the front of that movie and they say, if you copy this, you'll go to federal prison. But we want to legalize marijuana for all of our children to be able to use completely unchecked with no parameters. And the federal government's completely okay with that. It should not be legalized, uh, certainly without parameters and certainly without government doing its job and informing and educating our communities on the potential second and third order effects of its use. Tell me about Right Appeal. Right Appeal is a great organization. We're a political action committee that is working to bring conservative values in the diverse communities, uh, meeting people where they are, like Falana said, and having a real conversation, both listening and having a conversation uh, with our diverse communities to, to hopefully bring a set of values that are conservative in nature uh, and increase that appeal to diverse communities all around the country. Topher, X for boys. It's a great foundation that was founded by King Randall down in Albany, Georgia. It is a life preparatory school where he's taking 12, 13, 14-year-old boys, uh, all uh, based on just uh, donations, like not run by any local chapter or anything. It's headed by him, and they teach them how to prepare for life, uh, whether it's changing tires, cars, uh, uh, balancing any checkbooks, financial literacy, all the things that we need to be productive citizens. So if, if you want to donate to this school, please go to the x4boys.org. Oh, I love it. I love, love, love it. What what uh, state or city or is it national? Albany, Georgia. Albany, that's right. Falana, please tell us about that mayor's office in Atlanta. The Mayor's Office of Film, Entertainment, and Nightlife is a cultural hub for the city. Uh, we do everything from film, music, gaming, and tech, fashion, and now our newly formed Nightlife Division. Um, we are a very blue city inside of a somewhat purple state. Um, the most I could hope for for our city, uh, we always walk across the street to go over to the Capitol and speak with our cohorts at the Capitol. We work together. That's one of the things I love about this state. And I think long-term, um, Medicinal use for marijuana has been um, uh, approved by uh, the governor and the state, and hopefully one day, whoever the governor of this great state is, will see the need for recreational use of marijuana to be approved as well. Thank you all for being on The Business of Being Black with Tammy Matt. That's our show for today on Fox Soul. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 